Welcome to the Fight Shift Podcast, a podcast that recaps the best of both MMA and boxing events of the past weekend and previews the biggest combat sports events for the next week. Thank you for listening and supporting the Fight Shed Podcast. I'm Daniel, and as always, my co-host, Alan Kurt. Hello, hello. How are you, sir? How are you, man? I'm doing good. It's been a couple weeks. It's been a week or two. Has it been weeks? It's been a two, couple weeks. Two weeks. Yeah, it's been. Yeah. I Life went, happens. Yeah, I went I went back to Dallas and uh, got, a, got a late start, so that's why we didn't do it. We're going to do it remotely. Right. And then last week, life happened for life you. Life happens, yeah, yeah. Yep, it's um, one of those things that you just never know what happens. Yeah, so, you just yeah, never just know. Like That's it's okay. A, it's, a, it's a touchy subject right now. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, but everybody's okay, and okay. Um, we're, we're here now. That's what's... That's yeah, what's that's what's important. We're back important. now. Um, I'm sure we're not lacking any what we do for the last couple weekends. Do you right. have something? <clears throat> Man, <laughs> um, I went to San Antonio. Okay. A couple weeks ago. Okay. For what? Um, just kind of hang out. My we're pa- planning a sweet sixteen next year for my daughter, and so it's going to be a fiesta theme. Is this different from a cantiera? It's a little bit different, yeah, okay. because it's not going to go through all the rituals and all okay. the like um, baptisms or whatever they have. I'm not Catholic, so that's the other reason why we oh. don't have a cantiera. Is because oh, that it's one Catholic? Is, I did. I think it's more of a I Catholic tradition. I thought it was tradition. more a his- Hispanic tradition. That's it's not- more Catholic. Oh, I didn't know because that. um you do that's like a symbology of you know of a little girl going to a woman and becoming a woman and doing I don't know I, you can tell I really know exactly what a quinceanera is okay. and I don't all that I know of is that's where you throw a party right and yeah you get drunk spend a lot of money spend a lot of money yeah on the dress especially now I, have, I have friends that are having quinceaneras and they're gonna go through the whole thing where they do the church thing because it's part of a church you got to go through a okay. church you have to do classes or whatever and all that but um um from my knowledge you know of course i don't again i've never done a quinceanera okay you've have you been to one i've been to one i've dj'd i I used to dj back in the day i don't know if you know this but okay um yeah we did we did a lot of quinceaneras okay um but yeah we we didn't do all that other stuff like the marcha the marches and things like that okay so so, but we're just gonna have the sweet 16 it's gonna be dinner but it's gonna be fiesta theme okay yeah and that's why we went to san antonio Okay, well that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. And and her birthday's coming up soon in January. January next year. Boy, you're getting yeah. a head start. Yeah. On that, well, my you? wife is. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. So she's the planner. So she's a planner. Yeah, I would is. say. Right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, your Valentine's was good. Uh, Valentine's was good. We didn't do anything really too crazy. Just hang out with the family. Okay. We um included the girl, our daughters, with the, for Valentine's. So we went out to eat, and um we don't really go all out. Because it gets crazy out there on Valentine's Day, so it does. We kind of wait till maybe the weekend to do something. Well, we we did the same thing with the Valentine's. Um, we decided to go out the night before. Yeah, we went to a place called the Grill. Okay, here in town. Uh, of course, I had a, uh, a gift certificate that I that I used. Of course, yes. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> we had intended to walk into that place and each order a steak. And boy, were we were we wrong when we saw how much the prices were now. Even with the gift card. Even with the gift card. So, they it's a it's a small place. They sat us uh, actually by the grill in the <laughs> back, so we yeah. got to see what was coming off there, which is kind of interesting for yeah. me because I've never worked in a restaurant. And uh, they had uh, enchiladas, fifteen bucks. Okay, they had uh, 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 ribs. Baby back ribs for right, twenty bucks, right. which I didn't think was bad, but then they had next to the surf and turf AQ. Okay, that means inquire. 
acquire. Acquire. Like, yeah, because it's probably what right. the going price yeah. is. Yeah, so six-ounce filet with uh, five shrimp, $38. Wow. They had a ribeye, 14 ounce, uh, not bone-in. It was boneless. Yeah. $48. Wow. $48. I looked at my girl and I said, you know I can go and get prime select ribeyes for both of us for like $15 if a I real go. day. <laughs> you know, 15 to $18 yeah, for, yeah. you know, for for a pound. At I Market mean, Street or at something? At Market Street, yeah. 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 I'm like, I, I couldn't do it. I, yeah. I, and, and, I'm, and I'm thinking to myself the whole time, I'm like, you know technology in cooking at home has gotten so much better where you can almost yeah. replicate replicate what they're doing right right you know like it's not like they have some secret <laughs> saucer technique to to make a steak anymore so i was really kind of shocked at right but so I, can't. I did that and you know the last couple weekends we haven't been together but i've been watching you know boxing i've been watching uh ufc right. i even watched the boxing match on sunday we don't ever get that either so no, we don't i mean um it's just the uh, last couple of weeks have been uh, packed full with a lot of combat sports yeah um not too big of a you know we didn't miss a lot no um last couple of weeks let's just go ahead and recap what happened this past sunday and then move our way back um uh, backwards and then come back to our previews um this past sunday like you said jake paul and um T- tommy fury Got in the ring finally after three the third time um, trying to get this together. A fight that saw two fighters needing this win to move them in the right direction for their future in the boxing world. Now, this is the fight that everyone says, well, Jake Paul needs to fight a real fighter now. Well, he got into the ring with someone almost the same caliber, um, you know, has the same... I think Tommy Fury's been training as a boxer, boxer, so that's check check box check mark that box, right? You know what? I it wasn't too bad in my point of view. I really enjoyed this fight. I really enjoyed the fight too. Um I felt for me, you could see the difference between a fighter with boxing skills and some experience where another fighter in Paul has just entered the boxing world and you could see that, you know, his skill level is, you know, sw- swinging for the fences, right. whereas a lot more technique for Fury. I think Jake Paul was really hoping that right hook would land because yeah. he would throw it often uh, every single round. Um, and it clipped, it clipped Tommy Fury a couple of times. He got a lot of good shots in on Tommy Fury, you know, the quote-unquote real boxer. Yeah. Um, and for me, uh, Jake Paul really showed showed that his improvement – um, you know, the, the, the way that he kind of threw his jabs out, he, he stood with the boxer. Um, he didn't run at all. He was always the aggressor. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, it was good for me. B- before we give the result, who do you think coming into this had more to lose in this fight if they lost? Like, Oh, um, I think Jake Paul, you uh, think Jake Paul had a lot to lose. Yeah. Because, um, then it becomes then that sideshow that's almost on the train track to becoming, something legitimate is derailed is derailed you don't think tommy fury had a lot to lose by losing to a social media guy like that he's saying like to me if he lost it would have said am i a boxer i don't know if i'm a boxer yeah i mean i think so too i think monetarily um jake paul had a lot to lose sure and then uh i think pride had a lot of uh tommy fury had a lot of pride to lose because yeah. he's come comes his family's boxing royalty right. i guess yes in in uh in Europe. I'm just going to say, I had the win for uh, Jake Paul. Let me ask you before we get to that. 
did you think the ref decided he wanted to be the center of this freaking fight? But boy, it seemed like he was always just in the middle of pulling him apart, warning him, talking to him. <clears throat> I, I think know. it was um, Sean Porter that was also uh, commentating uh -huh. during that fight. And I think he hit it right on the head, the nail right on the head. Um, the ref didn't know how to ref this particular fight. It was actually almost almost two advanced amateurs fighting, and he didn't know how to ref that. That's because, a good point. Because, um, you know, if he kind of went into the mindset, it's like, these guys really don't know how to box. They're still learning. I think he would have let a lot go. Yeah. He would have not been in the middle of everything at every single time. Uh, he would have um, not been the center of attention, but he was, right? And yeah. he did call a couple of fouls and a couple uh, point deductions thinking that that would make a difference, but it didn't throughout the fight because we were still getting the clinches. We were still getting the pushing and shoving and, you know, wrestling tactics that both of these fighters were, were coming in with. And so I'll, I'll go off what you said. You believe that Jake Paul won this fight? For me, on my scorecard, yes, I do. I do. So when Sunday night after this fight, I also... Uh, agree. I also agreed with you. Yeah. But having looked back to it, back at it and and scoring it myself, where we're giving uh, uh, Jake Paul the ten eights in uh, both the second round, I believe, and the sixth round, I still agree with the two judges when they ended up with their score scorecard of Tommy Fury winning. So you had a lot of rounds. I mean, there was only eight. Right. Um, so you had maybe about four or five rounds for Tommy Fury. Yeah, so so I think it. Let me correct myself. When he when when Fury went down the eighth, that's a ten eight right, for right. for Jake Paul, and then when uh, Fury got one point deducted, that's ten eight. Mm -hmm. But other than that, I believe Fury Fury was a better skilled boxer and not just swinging for fences. Do you think that? And I gave the the eighth round to Tommy Fury as far as not gave. I I still have him winning the round with a point deduction. Um, because I felt like he still won the run. Well, maybe I, it would have been 9-9. Or 9-9. Nine -nine, you know yeah. what I mean? Because yeah. um, <clears throat> even though he got knocked down, he still came back and he still fought. And I think he still run, won a point in my eyes um, in that round. Because so, the only only thing that dropped him, well, the only thing that happened was that he was dropped right. by a, a hit, right? The punch landed, but he also, it was also a slip. Yeah. But ev everything else after that, even before that, mm -hmm. he was winning the, that ma that Fury. round. Yeah, Fury. Okay, but you believe Paul won this but fight? I do believe Paul won that fight because of his control of the ring. I mean, I we've talked that, about. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, we've talked the about control, what they are. Um, and if he didn't win the fight, he would have should have been a draw. Yeah. Right. Um, because I had it. What just like the other, uh, the other, um, uh, the judge other judge. Had it. Had it like 75, 76. Yeah, it's 75, 74. And that's, that would, that was in Paul's favor. In Paul's favor. And that's exactly how I. So had you it. agree with the 75, 74, and I agree with the 76, 73. Yeah. Okay, yeah. well, that's very fascinating. Yeah, but then again, you know, maybe I should watch it again, you know, and then just yeah. uh, with a closer look because, um, but, you know, other judges don't, the judges don't have the uh, opportunity for that. So, and unfortunate, but, you know, I haven't heard anything uh, in the boxing media that. Um, this was a robbery or anything like that. No, so, I, I haven't heard that either. Yeah. And you know, you know, if we flip the coin, uh, Paul hung with a, an experienced boxer. I mean, right. take the records away. You know, you could argue Fury hasn't fought anybody, but the fact of the matter is, we've got a gentleman. Let's just take Jake Paul's name out of it. We have a gentleman that's only been fighting for three years in boxing, and he hung 
with a royalty family. Right. He hung with them. That says a lot. Yeah, I do too. It's. Uh, I think. Um, who Who do you think wins the most out of this fight? I think Fury wins the most out of this fight. Um, but I did find it interesting when they were talking about the rematch clause on this thing, and yeah. I guess apparently. The rematch clause was only one-sided. So right, if, if Fury would have lost, Paul doesn't have to do a rematch. Yeah. But yet somehow Paul was smart enough to put in his contract to get a rematch. Yeah. Uh, I think they're probably going to end up both winning uh, in in money because they're going to run this back. Well, I mean, didn't, didn't, um, didn't they bet their purses that they weren't going to – whoever won, wins, it's double or nothing? Yeah, they never – they never they ended up never shaking on that. But, yeah, they were talking <laughs> about doing that, yeah. There's a lot of talk going on there. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of talk. Now, um, later on in that night, we did have a championship bout. I don't right know if before. you saw that. Yeah, we did. We have the return of ja- Badu Jack. We returned to the top of the mountain in boxing, this time in the cruiserweight division. Yeah, he looked great, man. I mean, uh, you know, he came in as the underdog against McAdoo, and he dominated that fight, almost put him down a couple times. Yeah, and definitely got uh, got that technical knockout in the 12th round. Um, again, this was a, the uh, co-main event of that evening. Badu Jack is now the um, cruiserweight division title holder for the WBC, um, and that's just another surprise. Uh, Badu Jack was seemed to be – I'm left out in the pasture, you yeah. Know, for a lack of words, right? going in the wrong direction. Yeah, going in the wrong direction. Yeah. Now he's um, I believe he's on a five-fight winning streak, yes. and now he's a title holder. The third time he's held the title in a three different divisions. A couple of weeks before, uh, we do have Saturday the 18th. We did have the return of Lee Wood versus Mauricio Lara in a featherweight division clash, and Mauricio Lara comes back and gets a knockout. And here's the thing. Wood was outboxing Laura all the all way up night to, long, all the way up to the knockout. Yeah, all like the way. This up. was Wood's oh, fight, but, but Lada lands a beautiful left hook. Oh, it's beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, uh, it just puts down. Um, and that was in the seventh round, Pat. This uh, Saturday, the eighteenth. Um, and now you know Lada is the WBA featherweight champion of the world. Because of that, and they asked him about a third fight with Josh Warrington, and he said he's up for it. He wants more belts. And prior to that, on February 11th, recapping that, we do have the return of Ray Vargas versus Oshaki Foster in a super featherweight division clash. This was for the title, uh, a WBC super featherweight championship. Um, wow, Oshaki Foster just came out of nowhere, dominated the fight against uh. uh technically unbeaten uh ray vargas yeah here's the thing the difference in this fight was vargas simply didn't have the reach to take advantage of that he so often had at 122 right and this fight was at 126 you could see that difference and the weights right because osheki foster is just a big stout uh little guy too right and um he he uh came in I think Foster just really took advantage of um, everything, all the uh, you know the 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 high, the the length, like you said, uh, the weight difference, and surprises everyone. And I'm sure he was a big underdog coming in, and um, wins the WBC Super Featherweight Champion. This was in San Antonio in the Al- from the Alamo Dome. Vargas landed only 19% of his punches, and that never happens for him, man. And just to show you the scores, this is what the scorecards would look like um, for Shaki uh, Foster. 111-117, 109-119, and 112-116. It was a very dominant fight for Absolutely. Foster. Yep. 
And and they asked him what uh, Foster's going to do next. Uh, he said he'd like to unify. Uh, he said he's got two mandatory fights that he's got to fulfill. But he said an Emmanuel Navarte or the winner of Joe Cordona uh, versus Rock Rockmamov. He said, I can beat any of those. He beat his undefeated Ray Vargas. So uh, I guess that's the next step is to see um, if it was Ray Vargas that was the issue. And now Ray Vargas is going back to his weight division because he knows he can't contend up there with the bigger boys up there. Now. Yeah, so. he, he's 36 and 1 now. He still uh, uh, holds the WBC featherweight title. And he said he might, he might go back to 126 and defend against the winner of the upcoming fight we're going to preview. Magaseo versus Figueroa. All right. Well, let's go ahead and jump into that preview live this Saturday night, March 4th. Brandon Figueroa versus Mark McSayo. This is going to be live from the Toyota Arena in Ontario, California. Um, this is going to be on the Showtime Network for the WBC interim title um, in the featherweight division. So this is at 126 pounds. Emmanuel Nervate, Josh Warrington, Ray Vargas, Leo Santana Cruz, and Leah Lee Wood are some of our other champions. Now it is for the vacant WBC interim world featherweight title. And Brandon, the heartbreaker, Figueroa, is 26 years old. 23-1 and one with 18 KOs. He's currently ranked number one in this division. His last fight was a win by TKO in the fifth round, July of last year, and he debuted in 2015. Now, Mark Magnifico Magaseo is 27 years old, 24-1 with 16 KOs. He is currently ranked fourth in this division. His last fight was a loss by split decision July of last year, and he debuted in 2013. Now, Figueroa is a favorite at minus 275, and Magaseo is a plus 250. Brandon Figueroa is from West Laco, Texas. He stands at 5'9 with a 72-inch reach. He now has a 78% knockout rate. Notable wins come against Carlos Castro, Luis Nide, and Damian Vasquez. Notable losses come against Stephen Fulton. Mark McSayo is from the Philippines. He stands at 5'6 with a 70-inch reach. He now has a 66% knockout rate. Notable, notable wins come against... Gary Russell Jr., Julio Ceja, and Pablo Cruz. Notable losses come against Ray Vargas. Well, this is going to be a good fight. It sure is. Um, Brandon Figueroa, I mean, he's 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 been a really good fighter. Um, that Stephen Fulton fight was a really close fight, yeah. really great fight. Coming off an, an, a win now, um, I think he's on a way to winning once again and making a two-fight winning streak. They both have similar KOs, 16 uh, KOs and 18 KOs. They both have similar records. They only have one loss. This is mm -hmm. this is going to be, I think, a closer fight than what the odds uh, are saying. Uh, but I agree with you. I think it's going to be Figueroa by decision. Now on to our boxing news and notes. So John Fury says Usyk not worthy of a 50-50 split. Tells him to fall in line or you might not get the fight. The father of the heavyweight titleist Tyson Fury has offered a stern warning to o Alexander Usyk. Again, treat Tyson like a great champion he is. John Fury told Boxing ID, stop being trying to be the A-side. Usyk is not Tyson's equal. Fall in line or, or you'll not get the fight done. Do not disrespect Tyson or you won't get this fight. Simple as that. 
Recently, Usyk's promoter insisted that his side would not accept a financial proposal less than 50-50 split. Fury is promoted by Frank Warren's Queensberry in UK and Bob Aram's top rank in US. So, should it be a 50-50 split? Um no, I think I think uh Fury should have a little bit more. I would say probably 70 Man, 70-30 even sounds terrible, doesn't it? I would say 60-40. I disagree. I think it should be 50-50. And let me try to change your mind. Okay. Usyk beat arguably the number two fighter in the world at the time. Like we thought, and some would argue that Joshua was ahead of Fury. Mm-hmm. He beat him twice, right. soundly. Right. Okay? He has three belts. He right. moved up in weight. Right. Now, I get Fury is a big name, but I think this is an equal match, and they should get equal pay. Okay. My my, uh, my rebuttal. Okay. Does your wife does your wife know who um, Alexander Osik is? No. How about Tyson Fury? More likely than not, yes. Right, you're right. I think that. Yeah. And I'm not trying to pick on your yeah. your wife or yeah. anybody. I'm just saying that's the the reason why. Yeah. Right. And a lot of people don't know who's Tyson Fury, and Usyk is that other guy that won the championship. You know what I mean? I mean, in the eyes of us, yeah. the people that know boxing, we we're know. like we just love Usyk. Yeah. We know he deserves that fifty fifty, but I mean, there's a one thing. There's business and uh, promotion and everything. And the other thing, who's who's gonna promote this? All right, who's gonna come to the United States, yeah. to Britain, to the United Kingdom, and promote? And does Usyk know English? Yeah, he knows English. I does I he? don't I don't think he no? knows a a lot of English. Well, he, here's the thing, and and <clears throat> I'll go with your argument. Mm-hmm. If it was uh, Fury versus No Name, he sells out an arena. If it's Usyk versus Wilder, he's probably not selling out the thing. We just know that, right? Right, right. We just know that. So right. here's how I would set up the contract then. I, if if I was Usyk, I would say, listen, I'll give you 60-40. I'll take 40 this right. first fight. Yeah. We absolutely know there's going to be a rematch. There's no doubt about it. If I win, then if I win, then guess what? The next fight's going to be 60-40 me. I I would say I that's fair. I think that fair. would be fair, right? That's fair. Yeah. 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 70-30 seems a lot. It does, right? I mean, just yeah. a little bit. Yeah. That pendulum goes one way just a little bit further. It it feels like a lot. Absolutely. One other boxing news. We do have a reported um, undisclosed injury sustained by Amanda Serrano. Um, this was reported by Matchroom Boxing. And now we're looking like the Katie Taylor and Serrano 2 bout for May 20th may be in doubt. <sighs> That sucks. That was the best fight last year. I wanted to see it number two. Yeah, so May 20th is when it was scheduled. So, you know, I guess we got a couple months before um, we can officially say that's over. I guess you would have to. she would have to know by at least April if she's going to be have a full camp or not. Yeah, they. from what I saw, indications is Katie Taylor's going to continue to fight somebody on May 20th, and I'm su- I assume then, then they'll just turn around and, and do it in the fall. What if Katie loses? Katie ain't losing. <laughs> we know that, right? Put your put your house money on <laughs> that's that. That's right. That's right. right. Staying in the heavyweight division, Dante Wilder was at the Paul versus Fury fight, and we hear some of his comments on the fight as well as his future in boxing. He said about the Paul fight, I think Jake got that one. The referee, that was an immature point taken. I think Jake Paul needed that knockdown. I think the kind that kind of evened it out. 
and I think he only gave it to Fury because of the point taken. It was an immature point. The referee is supposed to give him at least three warnings, and he gave him no warning. Gave them no warnings to get out of there. So I kind of feel like he uh, was saying that Jake Paul won that. Mm-hmm. They also asked them. They wanted to know if he still wants another fight with Tyson Fury. He said, "Of course, we'll do it again for sure. Stay tuned." They asked him on his potentially fighting Anthony Joshua. Boxing politics are in the way of this happening. They asked him on him thinking of returning to the ring. I may be fighting between May, June, or December. And then the last thing they asked him is, is he seriously considering a fight with Francis Naganu? Naganu is a real discussion. It's a real discussion. We're trying to do a two-fight deal. One may be here, and one may be in Saudi Arabia, or another one in Africa. So it'll and that would be on the fiftieth anniversary of Muhammad Ali. That'd be awesome. So we'll go backwards. Do you want to see a fight against Francis Ngannou? Why not? Why, Why not? Why not? Yeah. Does what, what? What's there to lose? Nothing, on, right? On, yeah, it's right? entertainment. Yeah, it's entertainment. It'd be yeah. an entertainment fight. Does Ngannou have a chance? I think everyone has a puncher's chance in the heavyweight division. I think he has more of a chance with him than versus Ty- Tyson Thury and Naganu because they're both going to be trying to knock each other out, right, right? right? It's not you don't need much boxing skills, I I believe between them. Between two. them too. Yeah. Uh, do you think we'll see uh, Dante this year fighting again? Dante. Um, I hope we do. And I I was I even thinking that they were trying to set up something against Andy Ruiz. Yeah. Junior. So um, I'm I'm hoping so. You but know it the sounds like. Ru- you know the problem with Andy? No. He just got let go out of his contract. Oh, wow. He's a free agent right now. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't know. I guess PBC. Yeah, that's going to happen because he was a PBC fighter. And, you know, they, they always just fight PBC fighters, you know. So yeah. that one's going to be a hard one to make if if uh, if he can't get picked up. Wilder versus Joshua. Interested? Um, I am interested um, just because... It could go either way, and whatever way it goes, it's the end of the road probably for, for one of them, for the right? loser. Yeah, loser leaves. Yeah, right. Yeah, and then the last one: are are you even interested in seeing another Fury versus Wilder? Um, I don't think I am. Not I don't at this either. Point. I think I think Dante Wilder has to show something to say. You know what? Let's let's see what happens against Fury now. I agree. Um, it looks like we do have a um, confirmed date. For Javante Davis versus Ryan Garcia. According to Showtime pay-per-view, that will be set on April 22nd. What do you think? Are we going to make it that far? We're making it. I sure? believe we're making you think it. So? I mean, we, some yeah. people, some of these, uh, I got a, there's a fighter in this discussion that's got a lot of legal tr- troubles brewing. Um, so hopefully you can get Who's that taken. <laughs> well, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say Tank Davis's name. Okay. 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 But um one of the fighters okay yeah has some legal issues coming up so hopefully he can clear that up but we all want to see this fight right oh, we, so we just want, want to see a fight um and you know it's hopefully it's going to be in las vegas and it's going to be one of the big major blockbuster uh fights of the year absolutely do you have any other news and i do not all right well that wraps up our boxing uh, segment for this week now on to our mma segment and like like boxing we missed a couple of weeks we did make miss a couple of weeks and one of them happens ha- happened to be the super fight of the year so far recap of usct 84 that happened on february 12th 
<clears throat> that was live from Perth, Australia, where the co-main event was Yari Rodriguez versus Josh Emmett. Man, fight for the ages. Oh, it was. And, you know, Emmett was coming in with a, uh, a, a five-fight win streak. I mean, it looked like everything was going his way and that he was going to probably capture the interim belt. You know what? Every single punch that Josh Emmett threw, the thing is that even though Yari Rodriguez was being very technical, touching up, doing some spectacular turn uh, kicks and um, punches, um, Josh Emmett still had that power. He still had that power to knock out Yari Rodriguez. And he almost caught him a couple of times till we finally, Yari Rodriguez gets him get onto the ground. Yeah, I mean, like, like you're saying, I mean, Emmett's a tough striker. And we and Rodriguez knew his game plan was to show his dominance on the ground, which he ended up doing. Yeah, and uh, in the end, we do have a submission uh, win by Yare Rodriguez, who now is the featherweight title holder of the world. Interim, right? Is that interim? Interim title holder, and here's the thing. He's the second title holder from Mexico. Yeah. yeah so now we have two of them. Two, two Mexican With the other holders. one being Brandon Morano. Oh, wow. And, um, you know, well, I know we're going to preview this this week, but um, there's another Mexican uh, woman now. To, to, that's vying for a title. So yeah. we may have three Mexican title holders by the end of this weekend. That was a good fight that leading up to a really amazing fight um, between Islam Makashev and Alexander Volkanovsky for the lightweight division title. Yeah, this one, like if we if we disagreed about the Paul uh, Fury fight, I, are we going to disagree about this one? Do you think... Uh, I think everybody knows who won. Do you think Makachev won this fight? Um, I do. I I gave the points to Makachev, and because he took control of the ground. I mean, and like it or not, that's that's part of the game, right? You're gonna wrestle. You're gonna get him down. You're gonna get take knockdowns. You have control for three minutes of the five, five minutes of the the round, and you got have him in his back, and you can't do anything. I mean, you you have control of him. And I give him the round. I gave him those rounds. So I gave Islam first and second round what you're talking about. And he controlled that. Mm-hmm. I gave Volganovsky four and five. I think the toss-up is is round three for me. Like, it could have gone either way. Well, I mean, um, you're right in line with um, two other of the uh, two other uh, judges because they had a 48-47, 48-47. But the third judge had a 49-46. What was he watching? That's ridiculous. Yeah, I don't think, I mean, three rounds to one person or another, right? Is that, is yeah, that how it figures right. out? Yeah. It, um, I mean, because it was it should have been, I think it was closer than that, of course. Yeah. So, um, but in the end, we do have Islam Makashev uh, defending his title. But you know what title that he did not win? He didn't win Islam's. Oh, what did Islam not win? Yeah. The pound per pound, I pound guess. Pound per pound. That doesn't make any sense to it me. It doesn't make any sense you know? at all. But, I mean, I can see where there's an argument where, you know, Alexander Volkanovsky went up in weight, took control, maybe won two or three rounds of sure. that th- that fight. Islam should have just ran him over. Um, it just kind of shows that, you know, maybe Volkanovsky and, does deserve the spot. And here, here's here's how I, I look at it. I, I thought Volkanovsky won. However, I, I'm, I'm certainly not against Islam winning. Like the great wrestler Ric Flair says, if you want to be the man, you got to beat the man. And yeah. Volkanovsky moved up into Islam's territory, and I don't know if he beat the man, you know, handily to gain that title. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah. 
<clears throat> also that night, we do have the return of Jack Della Magdalena, who defeated Randy Brown. Um, did you see that fight? I did. I that, absolutely that did. Was, that was amazing. Um uh, performance by Jack De Magdalena, Della Magdalena, uh, Randy Brown. I thought he was just um, gonna come in and put in a really good show. Uh, he was also on a fight winning streak, um, but Magdalena gets him right to the ground and gets a submission rear naked choke. Yeah, Magdalena. He was patient with Randy Brown, and a lot yeah. of people don't get patient with Randy Brown. Exactly. They press forward, get caught, and then it's game over. And Randy Brown's gonna win. And then this one. He just caught him with the right hand to the jaw. And what, then, what do you think about that face plant? That, oh. I think he woke up when he hit the ground. I think he did too. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. yeah. That was a great fight. UFC 284. Um, that was back in March or February 12th. After that, we do have, um, you know, it was a decent fight night. UFC fight night. Andre Ajo versus, Blanch, versus Blanchfield. Um, the talking point for this uh, card was the main event. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Blanchford versus Jessica Andrade. Andrade coming off a fight about a month ago, I believe, winning against Lauren Murphy. And, of course, Lauren Murphy is show, was showing her age, but she was a, she won she a dominant performance. She beat her up, though. Yeah, dominant performance. Yeah. Three-fight winning streak. Decided to jump weight, right? I think he, she went up in weight to fight Aaron Blanchfield. She tried to get an easy payday, I guess. But Well, she got called in at the last minute because – Blanfield was supposed to fight Santos, right. and Santos had to get pulled out. And on Andrade said, "I'll step up." So it was a late notice for her to even jump into a surging Blanfield. I mean, this girl, she is a crusher right now. Oh yeah. And even though she was uh, in the odds book, she was the underdog. Uh, I hypothetically put some money on her because, man, I, I just see big things coming hey, from her. Seven-fight winning streak coming into the – or six-fight winning streak coming into the fight against Andrade. Um, yeah, I mean, Andrade, of course, of course, she landed a couple of really good shots, right? She's strong, and she, she did what she could. But um, Blanchfield is just a whole another level right yes. now in this division. And, of course, again, it's two different divisions fighting each other. Yes. Uh, maybe Andrade wasn't really prepared as much as uh, Blanchfield was. I mean, Blanchfield does come in and get the submission win against uh, Jessica Andrade. And here's the thing. Andrade, she is probably one of the toughest gatekeepers in all of the USC. I mean – she says, line them up. I don't care what division. I'll go in and I'll battle and we'll see what happens. I mean, this is a big win for Blanche. Well, I don't even consider her as a gatekeeper. I think she's a championship contender in her division automatically. I think that's probably one of the yeah. next fights. Um, either uh, maybe she's a couple fights away, wins, couple wins away in her division to getting that championship belt again. Yeah. Um, so that moves us on to last weekend's fight. February 25th, live from the UFC Apex um, from Las Vegas, Nevada. We did have the main event, Nikita Karlov versus Ryan Spann. Man, that was a great fight too, wasn't it? I I turned it on, and next thing you know, all I'm seeing for the main event is not Spann. I'm like, what? Yeah. It, I'm like, I guess I must have missed some news, but next thing you know, yeah. Well, it's I'll, canceled. You know, I, I watch everything. I watch this on replay. Okay. And so I was looking for the fight. I was like, where is this fight? Right. How, how come I can't? I don't see Ryan Spann's name on here. Well, it turns out that um, I believe it was uh, uh, Krylov became ill during the day, and they canceled it a couple hours before the fight was supposed to happen. I did see the post, uh, I guess, interview with Spann. He was so upset because 
you know, when he doesn't, when a fighter don't fight, most of the time they don't get paid. Oh, yeah, they don't get paid. But luckily that's going to be rescheduled for the next couple of weeks. Yeah. And so hopefully they do um, go into that fight. Hopefully both make the fight. Um, but in the meantime, you know, the talking point for this car was Brandon Allen versus Andre Muniz. Yeah, and they got thrust into the main event. And, and guess what? They lived up in the spotlight. That was a entertaining it fight. was a really good fight andre muniz showed that he can throw some punches some land some punches um brandon A brandon allen showed that he can take some punches because he was taking some really good shots from andre muniz well allen is the striker of this fight yeah. and uh munos is a master brazilian fighter so you knew brazilian jiu-jitsu you know ground game so you knew munos game tactic should be to take him down and it looked like he was vice versa it right? did it ended right? up being because, vice versa because Munoz Munoz stood and fought, fought with him yeah and then whenever he tried to get uh, Brandon Allen to the ground Brandon Allen switched it up and he landed on top of him and took control of the fight um, in the third round where he eventually did get a rear naked choke Allen gets a rear naked Allen. choke against the Brazilian master unbelievable Unbelievable fight. Now, um, Brandon Allen is on a four-fight winning streak. I mean, I know we haven't talked about what's next for all these other fighters, but, you know, how about this division? What do you think's next for Brandon Allen in this division? Well, he's 21-5, and 9-2 in the, in the UFC. A big win over the 11th-ranked opponent. Uh, I've got a couple big names uh, for his resume. A Darren Till or a Chris Curtis for him next. Um, and you know, I was so surprised that, uh, Brendan Allen was not ranked, um, surprising, right? Very, I know. very surprised. And I thought he was one of those bigger names coming up. He's get, has wins against, of course, who hasn't had a, had a win against Sam Alvey, but Jacob Malcone, uh, Christoph Jotko, and now Andre Muniz, um, man. Yeah. I, I see them switching spots and, you know, next fight will pre probably be a top 10 contender. Possibly. Yeah. Him. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was the talking point for last week's fight. Um, we do kind of recap. Uh, Augusta Sakai gets a win. Uh, Sakai really needed that win. He did. I mean, because he was, I think, on a four-fight losing streak, and he needed that win really bad. And, of course, his lo losing streak was against, uh, let me see if you know these names, Alex uh, Ulster Overing. Uh, yeah. Uh, Justina Rosenstruck. Uh, tough guy. Ty Tuivasa. Very tough guy. Sergi Spivey. Yeah. Yeah. All all top tens could be top sixes. Yeah, definitely. So um, Sakai really needed this win against Dante Mays, um, and he gets it by a, a unanimous decision. Well, I know our train has been really moving fast this week. It is. But uh, we finally get to a stopping point um, because our next fight is this Saturday, March 4th, live from T-Mobile Arena. And this is UFC 285 pay-per-view um, and the return of one of the legends. One of arguably be, be the GOATs, and he is moving up in a division to see if he can't capture the world championship. Yeah, that's right. We're talking about John Jones versus Cyril Gone. But kicking off our re our preview, we do have Jeff Neal versus Shotkot Rachmanov in a welterweight division clash. This is at 170 pounds, and Leon Edwards is our current champion. Now, Jeff, hands of steel. Neil is 32 years old, 15 and four with nine KOs, two submissions, and four decisions. He is currently ranked eighth in this division. His last fight was a win by KO in the third round, August of last year, and he is two and two in his last four fights. Now, Shavlet Nomad Rachmanov is 28 years old, 16 and zero with eight KOs, eight submissions, and zero decisions. He is currently ranked 14th in this division. His last fight was a win by submission. In the second round, June of last year, and he is four and zero 
in the UFC. Now, Rachmanov is a minus 550. And Jeff hands a steel Neal is a plus 400. Jeff Neal is from Dallas, Texas. He stands at 5'11 with a 75-inch reach. He represents Fortis MMA. Notable wins come against Vicente Luque, Santiago Ponzanibio, and Mike Perry. Notable losses come against Neil Magny, Stephen Thompson, and Kevin Holland. Shafkat Ramanov is from Uzbekistan. He stands at 6'1 with a 77-inch reach, representing Killcliffe FC. Notable wins come against Neil Magny, Charleston Harrison, and Alex Oliveira. Um, man, 16-0. Minus I mean, 550. Yeah, That's when you were saying massive. 550, I thought you were saying plus 550 with Jeff Neal being the favorite. I'm like, how is that possible? But minus 550. Um, is it? Doesn't this seem like Rachmanov is that sh- distant shadow or that distant train that's coming? That's that train down the way that, you know, yeah, you can see it in the distance, but that train's coming and it's coming to take the title. Yeah, th- this is this looks like the tr- train similar last year when when we're seeing Islam come. Yeah, and he's exactly. and that and that train is not stopping. It's not stopping. And you know it's eventually going to yeah. end up in the depot of the championship. Man. Yeah, definitely. Um, I have Rachmanov as winning this title, winning this fight by submission. By submission. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think Rachmanov is going to win this as well, but I like him by KO. All right, next up on the card, we do have a championship bout uh, in the women's flyweight division, Valentina Shevchenko versus Alexa Grasso. This is in the flyweight division, 125 pounds. Valentina Shevchenko is our champion. Now, this is for the flyweight title. Valentina Bullet Shevchenko is 34 years old. 23 and 3 with 8 KOs, 4 submissions, and 8 decisions. She is currently ranked first in this division. Her last fight was a win by decision June of last year, and she is on a 9 fight winning streak. Now, Alexa Carrasso is 29 years old, 15 and 3 with 4 KOs, 1 submission, and 10 decisions. He is, she is currently ranked 6 in this division. Her last fight was a win by decision October of last year, and she is on a 4 fight win streak. Now, the champion, Shevchenko, is a massive favorite at a minus 625. And Grasso is a plus 450. Alexa Grasso is from Guadalajara, Mexico. She stands at 5'5", with a 66-inch reach, representing Lobo Gym. Notable wins come against Vivian Araju, Joanne Wood, and Macy Barber. Notable losses come against Carla Sparza and Tatiana Suarez. Valentina Shevchenko is from... Kazakhstan, she stands at 5'5 with a 66 and a half inch reach. She represents Tiger Muay Thai. Notable wins come against Talia, Talia Santos, Lauren Murphy, and Jessica Andrade. Notable losses come against Amanda Nunez and Liz Carmucci. Okay. Well, does Grasso stand a chance? Ah, uh, I I I want to say yes, but you know I just there's always that feeling that oh, oh this time Shevchenko this time someone's yeah. gonna get it, and it's just like she never she never loses a step. Her her close step loss was the Tanya last Santos. fight. Yeah, that's Santos, Santos, Santos took, took it, to, it the, to the edge to the edge. Um, and I think she learned for that. You know, I think and so. Too. so I, I'm really thinking that Shevchenko is gonna 
uh, be that Putin minus 650 favorite and really take care of business by decision win. Okay. I also agree with you. I think Valentina is going to win this fight, but I like her by KO. All right. Now that brings us to our main event of the evening. John Jones versus Cyril Gaon in a heavyweight division clash. This is at 225 to 265. The championship is currently vacated. Now it is for the vacated title. John Bones Jones is 35 years old, 26 and 1 with 10 KO, 6 submissions and 10 decisions. He is currently unranked in this division as he is moving up in weight. His last fight was a win by decision, February of 2020, and he is on a 17-0-1 in his last 18 fights. Now, Serial Bon Gaiman, gone, is 32 years old, 11-1 with five KOs, three submissions, and two decisions. He is currently ranked first in this division. His last fight was a win by KO in the third round, September of last year, and his only loss was in 2022. Now, Jones is a minus 160, and gone is a plus 135. John Jones is from Albuquerque, New Mexico. He stands at 6'4", with an 84.5-inch reach. He represents Fight Ready MMA. Notable wins come against Dominic Reyes, Anthony Smith, and Daniel Cormier. Notable losses come against Matt Hamill. Cyril Gaon is from France. He stands at 6'5", with a... 81 inch reach he represents mma factory notable wins come against ty tuavasa Derek lewis and alexander volkov notable losses come against france in francis Ngannou. man this is um this kind of crept up on us didn't it i mean we're finally here yeah we're finally here i can't believe we're finally here and i'm knocking on wood right now i'm hoping nothing falls through i mean <laughs> wait till the drug test <laughs> I, yeah i need i need usada to not drug right. test right now right yeah are you yeah. surprised by the odds makers? On what, were they, what were they again? Jones, who's been out of fighting mm-hmm. since 2020, is a minus 160. Gone, whose only loss against the champ, is a plus 135. Oh, yeah. M- minus 160. Oh, I was I was thinking six. I was, 160. That's not too much of a of a favorite. Gone. So Jones. Yeah. Jones hasn't fought since 2020, right, COVID, right. pretty I much, right? I understand. I understand. And he's moving up in weight. Right, right. And he's going against the new breed of our heavyweights that we always talk about with a lot more skill set than just a power puncher. I mean, but are you are you saying that you're going with are you going with the odds makers? I mean, I'm going with the, I'm going against the odds makers. I am too. I like gone. I do too. And I like him by decision. I'm surprised you I'm surprised you're agreeing with me. I am agreeing. I do because um, you know, like you just said, Cyril Gone is a whole different be- breed. I mean, there's such thing as ring rust or oct- what, octagon rust, cage rust. Um, because we haven't seen in the last fight we did see John Jones. Yeah. Um a lot of people think that he probably lost that fight. Yeah. I agree. I agree with you. And and th- that bring just brings up a good point on on his rustiness. I uh, and he's gonna have to prove me wrong, wrong in a new division. This is a totally different uh, weight class, you yeah. know. Um, did you ever see think that we would see John Jones back? Fifty fifty. Mm. Do you think? Wait, did you? I was I wasn't really expecting him to come back. You know, after everything, after a long layoff, after all the other issues he had out of the cage, 
Um, I was thinking that, you know, just right off in the sunset as being considered one of the best ever to fight in the UFC. And he still is, right? He yeah. still is. But he's writing okay. a new chapter, of course. And, you know, well, if this is the beginning of a beautiful chapter, a beautiful ending to his book, I mean, well, so be it. Okay. Uh, would you make a bet that he tests positive for something? What do you no, think chances? I, I, I don't think he's – is he that dumb? I don't know. Do, do you do – you, are you think, I wouldn't bet. Okay. You know. Okay. If he wins the title, <laughs> will he be defending it or he'll just drop it and say, I'm done? Oh, no, he has to defend it. Okay. I, I mean, okay. all that work. And if he doesn't win it, does he write off in the sunset? Yeah, he does. He, he does, does write day. off in the sunset. Yeah. I agree. What's that to prove? You know, I think you're going to go back to lightweight. Who's in light? Who's a champion in lightweight? Um, Jamil Hill? Jamal Hill? No, I think he beat him. You think so? You you don't think so? I mean, yeah, he's just a younger Jamal Hill. You know, a young... I don't know. I mean, that's that brings up a really good point. Does, does he go he back beat, to lightweight? Does light he beat Percrozier though? Because that's who the Yuri Price. Yeah, he's uh, the champ. Yeah. Man, I don't know. I, I would like to <laughs> see know. that. I, I would too. So maybe he doesn't go off in the sunset. No. Maybe just you know takes a left turn and at the uh, light light heavyweight division. Mm. I don't know. Where where are we putting the bar on this? We haven't done a bar in a few weeks. Oh so. yeah. Um, eh, a solid eight, 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 eight and a half. Because I think so too. Um. I mean, let's just go ahead and look at the other card, other names on the card. Um, Martez Gomrot versus Jalen Turner. Uh, Bo Nickel, I don't know if you know him. Um, he's making, I think, his second fight. Yes, I do. Um, yes. And he's supposed to be like the next big thing coming up in the UFC yes. against Jamie Pickett. And then we do have the return of, on the preliminary card, uh, Cody Garbrandt. Ah, that's going to be good. No love is back. Yeah, so um, it's always good to see Cody Garbrandt. Hopefully he gets back on track. He's one of those. Um, the UFC is a better place whenever he's really doing good. Absolutely. Um, other than that, I mean, there's not that many bigger names in this um, division in this uh, card, um, but it's going to be entertaining as always. Entertaining as always, I'm yep. sure. So, what is your uh, my bar? I'm I agree with you. It should be an eight five. I mean, yeah. you've just said that we've got quite a few names, and we get the return of the goat uh, in Jones. All right. Well, that recaps our UFC 285 preview. Again, this is going to be March 4th, live from uh, the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. Now on to our MMA, MMA news and notes. Islam Makhachev makes case for topping pound-for-pound pound list over the heavyweight possible champion in John Jones. Islam Makhachev feels he belongs at the top of the UFC pound-for-pound pound rankings over the returning John Jones, even if John Jones becomes the heavyweight champion. Before his three-year hiatus, Jones was regarded by many as a UFC pound-per-pound king, but the long layoff, along with the rise of Makhachev and others, makes his pound-for-pound pound case complicated. So, who do you think the pound-for-pound fighter is right now and if jones wins does he reclaim that throne i don't think he should reclaim the throne if he wins i think um I, for some reason i feel that they have it right right now that alexander volkov is a pound for pound i mean he didn't lose he didn't lose his belt he no he didn't it. yeah um he went up and fought the best of the best of that the next division um you know, if anything, I guess Makashev should be pound for pound. 
but I don't think John Jones would be pound for pound, even if he wins. So even if he wins, okay, I agree that that definitely. I think they're both pound for pound. Uh, Volkanovski and Makhachev. You might as well put one and one A, yeah. right? Um, I do find it interesting that Jones left pound for pound, and now he comes back and. If he wins it, you don't give him that status back. That's going to be an interesting but, discussion. Yeah, it is an interesting discussion. But the thing is that the world has moved on, right? And there's a lot more different. There's five different fighters. I think um, you lose your title, you lose. You lose your space in place in line. You just don't come back to the place in line. In my, in my, yeah. Uh, and, my and I know opinion. I'm getting ahead of myself, but. Let's say he does win and he win and he defends it two more times. Is he now back in that discussion? Oh, uh, two more times, yeah, because then he has to go against who? Against Stipe? Maybe Stipe, an older Stipe. I don't know if that's going to be, but uh, you know, I don't know who who who'd be next. I mean, if he doesn't, if he beats uh, Cyril Gunn, there's really no one else that's very intriguing and say, okay, well, what about this guy? If uh, he beats Gunn, yeah, there really isn't anybody in the top ten no. that we that we would not go. Well, he probably beats Lewis. Right, he's right, probably right. beaten Rosenstruck. A tie to Avasa. He's probably beaten two Avasa. Yeah, there's he's no, probably the only the, guy is Stipe. That's uh, the only guy, and it's an older guy. I mean, I guess there's a, one other guy, and and I'll talk about him later on. Um, but uh, I believe it's Sergey Pavlik. Okay, sure, maybe, well, maybe that would be a good one. Yeah, that would really be a yeah. good one right there. Yep. So maybe that's the guy. Yep. the next guy up. I'm looking at now. Looking forward to uh, UFC 288 on May 6th with a location to be determined. We do have a new announced bout. This time, it's the return of the former champion Charles Oliveira versus Benil Dariush um, for in the lightweight division uh, clash. Uh, Dariush is ranked fourth. A lot of people think that he should be next in line for a championship title against Makachev. So Oliveira's last fight, he lost to, to Makashev. And so he's going to get one, I say this respectfully, a tuna fight if if we believe Oliveira's going to beat Darius, and that's a big F, mm-hmm. that either one of them gets a, a title fight against Islam. Uh, yeah. I'm excited for that. I'm excited to see Oliveira again. I want to see what he, he hasn't lost in a long time and has beaten a lot of tough opponents in this division. I want to see what he's made of after a loss. Well, Benio Darius has also not lost in a long time, four years to be exact. He's on an eight-fight winning streak. Last fought against Martus Gamrut um, on, in October 2022. Um, and he's got wins against Tony Ferguson uh, and... Drew Dober and, you know, of course, several other names in that division. Um, but, again, a lot of people are saying this one might be the guy in the division that dethrones Makashev because they both have wrestling backgrounds. Both are, I guess, the combat sambo-style fighters. I disagree with that. I disagree with it because uh, I'm thinking in my head if I took Islam out and Oliveira was still the champion, let's just say he didn't even exist, Islam. Every single guy that has come up against Oliveira, whether it's a striker or some missus specialist, mm-hmm. Oliveira has took care of him handily every single time. And I don't right. think if if we if this was the championship fight, I think we would say we would still be on on that fence going, will this guy beat Oliveira? Nobody else has. I don't yeah. think Darius even gets past Oliveira to get to Islam. That that's my yeah. uh, uh, pre-fight prediction. All right. Well, in what my do you prediction, think? I'm actually gonna go ahead and pick Darius wow. right now. Yeah, yeah. 
So you think his submission skills are superior to Oliveira? And I don't Oliveira. think he's superior, but I okay. just think that he's probably going to be a tougher fighter. Okay. Than um the other ones. Um, you know who else is uh, right now slated for the main event for that evening? Oh, that's not even the main event. That's not the main event. Oh my gosh, what is the main event for that evening? Um, we do have Aljamain Sterling versus the return of Triple C. Henry Cejudo? Yep. Oh, wow. Those are going to be gr- – that's a great card. When is this card? It's going to be May 6th. Oh, my gosh. Wow. And who do you like in that fight? Man, I don't know. I, I mean, Henry Cejudo came out – left the 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 UFC on top, like almost pound for pound. I don't think he was pound for pound, but just up there um, beating mostly everybody in that division. We're not Algermain Sterling haters, but we've no. never picked him to win. We, yeah, but, we literally, and we were wrong. We were wrong every time. Every time. I know. So, I, I mean, uh, yeah, you're right. I'm gonna go ahead right now and put say Algermain Sterling. I, I think I have to, even though we know the pedigree of Henry Cejudo, yeah. but he's been out and he's been rusty. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing with all these. Uh, so yep. I think I would know more about this pick after this weekend's fights. Yep. Do you have any other news? In I do not. All right, well, that wraps up our MMA segment for this week. Now on to our recap of um, our Pick'em League. Yeah, so a few weeks ago, we did have some uh, predictions. Uh, I went 1-2 and two in MMA. I went 0-1 oh in boxing, uh, and I have a win total of 29. Uh, you went 3-0 and oh in MMA. You went 0-1. Oh uh, it was a, a Laura versus uh, Wood fight. Yeah. And uh, your wins are at 32. For our players, we have Dom at 21, Shane at 23, Omar at 28, Loretta at 29. I'm also at 29. Everett is at 30. Lynn is at 31. Daniel, you are at 32. And Dan is at 37. Whoa, 37? 37. We have two weeks left. Thank you to everyone that continues to uh, participate in our Pick'em League. And as always, check out our Facebook Instagram for any late-breaking combat news. All right, well, that wraps things up for this week. Thank you to everyone that continues to listen to our show. We hope to be back next week with a recap of this week's fights and predictions. That's it for this week. My name is Daniel. And I'm Alan. Have a great week, everyone, and keep your hands up. And happy fighting. We'll see you next week.